I want to talk to you today out of Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. Can you grab your Bibles, grab your, your uh, whatever they are, and turn with me to Luke chapter 14. I want you to think with me, though. Every kid in this place, every adult in this place, I want you to think right now. Ready? What is the best meal you have ever had in your life? I mean, just think about it. Your favorite meal. Maybe it's the favorite meal your mom used to make or still makes. Maybe it's a restaurant. It's your favorite meal in the whole wide world. You can't, you can't even imagine that it could ever be more delicious than this. Now, this might surprise you, but I've eaten a lot of food in my day. Yes, I have. And I'm just going to tell you, for those that you're here in the parking lot, it does feel weird, you being that far away. If it wasn't for the speakers, I would be out there with you. But um, I, I know you're listening, though. So, so just imagine your greatest meal, your favorite meal. And I want to connect that today to the parable out of Luke chapter 14 that Jesus shares. Remember, a parable is a story, is something that Jesus shared to try to help um, speak life, uh, to prove a point, to teach something. And so begin to attach your favorite meal. Kids, listen to me. I'm talking your favorite meal like, I'm talking like CeCe's Pizza at least. I mean, I mean your favorite meal ever. Like, where do you want to go for dinner? Let's go here, wherever here is. Let's eat this. Because as we, as we look to Luke chapter 14, we see that uh, Jesus and the Pharisees and everyone had just gone to synagogue. And it was, we assume it was lunchtime. And they're getting together to eat. And then the Pharisees, of all people, invited Jesus to come and to eat lunch. Now, let's remember at this lunch, there's really three main characters in this lunch. Do you remember who they are? Repeat it out loud. I want to know that you're with me here. When I say it, you repeat it. Three main characters. Who was it? Jesus. Pharisees. And Dropsy Dan. You got it. You got it. Yeah. You see, the Pharisees were trying to trap Jesus into doing what? Working on the Sabbath. And so they invited Jesus. This was odd. Jesus, come eat lunch with us. Eat this meal with us. And in fact, we're going to invite this unclean person, Dropsy Dan. Well, we've named him that, but he had Dropsy. We know that. But invited Dropsy Dan. And, and if they could trap Jesus into healing Dan, Dropsy Dan, on the Sabbath, then they'd know he couldn't be God. Well, what did Jesus do? He healed Dropsy Dan. And before he even had a ch- before the Pharisees even had a chance to confront him, Jesus said, now wait, 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 wait. You're thinking that I'm working on the set. Let me ask you a question. What if your son dropped into a, a well? Would you not pick them up if it was the Sabbath or not? What if your oxen, I mean, he's talking like De Niro here, money. That's what oxen represent. What if your oxen fell into a some kind of a, 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 a hole, some, some, some kind of a well. Would you not pull that oxen out? Of course you would. And that's what Jesus was saying. Jesus was going after their heart, right? Jesus was more interested in the heart, your heart, the Pharisees' heart. He's, the Pharisees had lived it all out. The Pharisees were living out the gospel. Uh, they thought. <laughs> the Pharisees were living out all the things you were supposed to do as a good Jew, as a good religious believer, They were living out the externals. But Jesus is saying there's something wrong with your heart. And so he's confronting their heart as he heals Dropsy Dan. A a little bit um, after that, we we continue on in Luke chapter 14, and we see that he confronts them with humility. And we talked about it last week. If you missed last week's message, you've got to go back and listen to it. 
because it was, I know I was the one that preached it, but it was powerful because we talked about where do you gain your social status? Like what makes you feel like you're all that? Is it your degree from, from university? Is it your, um, uh, your job? Is it your career? Is it um, your status uh, just on some local board? It's, it, or is it built in the, in the life, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ? Is it built in the cross of Christ? And, and these Pharisees would take their social status from things like where they sat at a meal. How strange is that, right? Well, that's, that's where they, where would you take your social status? Bottom line is this, we need to humble ourselves. And that's what Jesus was going. He was pushing their heart, saying, you've got to be humble. And then we get to the very end of that section, verse 14. Look at it. Jesus says this, and you'll be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you'll be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. And so I, I, I believe that verse 15 is, this dude is responding to what Jesus just said. Jesus, says, Jesus just said, you're going to be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. There's going to be a resurrection of the righteous. And there's one of these Pharisees that spoke up and said, ha, if anyone's going to be at the resurrection of the righteous, you know, I'm going to be there. I'm a Pharisee. I'm a Jew. I'm living right. I'm doing the right things. Look at verse 15. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Two things that this guy was doing as he said that. One is he's saying, this Jesus guy, who is this guy? He's full of hogwash. I mean, if anyone's going to be there, it's going to be me. I'm going to be there. And the second thing he's affirming is, is the fact that it is him. Jesus is nuts and that he will be there, that he will be a part. Why? Because of his religiousness, because of his outward religious Jewish life. Let me just encourage you with a thought here before we go any, any further. How do you respond when someone pushes your buttons spiritually? When, there, when conviction sets in, what do you grab onto to hold yourself and your buddies that are all like you and make you feel okay? It, what it, just think through this with me. What it looks like is, is this Pharisee grabbed hold of what? His Jewishness. His traditions, the way he follows those traditions. Isn't it interesting that his religion was actually pushing him away from Jesus Christ? And for some of us, when conviction starts to set in on our lives and we start feeling convicted about sin or about stuff, God's going for our heart. And he's saying, you got to deal with that. Work that out in your life. I want to help you with this. I want to set you free from that. What do we do? Oh, but I've got John 3.16 memorized. Oh, but I go to church regularly. Oh, but, and we start talking about all these external things. All good. But what good is it if we do all these external things, but our heart hasn't been changed and we haven't allowed the gospel to really penetrate and to respond to the Lord? You get what I'm saying here? That's what we're seeing here. And then we get to verse 16. Jesus says, um, I'm going to just kind of keep going here. And I'm going to confront something else here. Verse 16. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent a servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, everything is now ready. What's, your, what's the point of this? Here's the point. In this day, Jesus starts to tell the story, and in this day, they would send out invitations, and everyone would be invited, and it would be a huge, excuse me, 
Everyone of status would be invited. The Pharisees, of course, would invite their Pharisee and Sadducee buddies, and they'd sit around and, and they'd, they'd just party up, have a meal together. Those would be the average people who lived in this time period would never have even been invited to one of these huge parties like what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is hitting the Pharisees right where they're at. And he said the meal was, the invitations had gone out. And now the, the animal had been skinned and cooked and boiled and baked and fired up, whatever. All the, I mean, there, there's potato salad. It's ready. And, and I don't know if it's potato salad, but potato chip bag is open. I mean, the food is ready. It's time to eat. So what would, this, what would the master do? He'd send his slaves out again and say, hey, go out. All those people invited, tell them the food is ready. Come. And that's exactly what happened. Well, how did people respond in this, in this parable? Look at it in verse uh, 18. But they all like began to make excuses. The first said, I just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. You just bought a field? You mean you bought a field and you don't even know what it looks like? You need to go check it out. What, what's what's Jesus' point here? Lame. Lame excuse. Silly excuse. Are you kidding me type excuse? And I'm, I'm going to tell you, you're not a Pharisee. I pray you're not a Pharisee. Any Pharisees here? Just want to make sure. Okay. Um, Pharisees, what they would have, what, what would have happened here is they would have instantly said, What? The social uh, mess that you would find yourself in in this day, if you were invited to a party, invited to a meal, and you said, oh, I'll be there, and you didn't show up, I mean, it would be almost to the level of this means war. I mean, th this, uh, even in modern day, think about it modern day for all of us here. If, if you invited me over to your house, it was like, hey, let's get together, have okay. And we said we'd be there. And then time rolls around and the Miller family never shows up. What would you think of us? Take that times 10 and that's where the... So the Pharisees are listening to Jesus say this. Okay, so you're telling me there was a party, there was a meal planned, people were invited, and people just didn't show. And this one dude didn't show because he's got to go look. It just would never happen. I mean, the Pharisees literally would never allow this to happen. Well, not only did it happen once, but look at the next one. Verse 19, another said, I just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Five yoke of oxen is really, these are work oxen. These are work animals. So it'd be like, I just bought a brand new John Deere. It's got tires taller than me. I'm going to go back on the back 40 and give it a try. I mean, I can't come eat a meal because I'm hopping in the tractor. I'm hopping on the oxen. I want to see how these things work. Like you wouldn't have tried them out already. Like you wouldn't have like went around and patted them and, and be, oh yeah, this one's beefy. This one's bulky. This one's got some girth to it. Oh yeah, this is going to pull some stuff. Oh yeah. So again, once again, the Pharisees would be like, this is nuts. Third, look at the third. Verse 20. Still another said, I just got married. So, you know, a couple months ago I got married and me and the wife, we've been really busy getting a home set up, and I just, I can't. Uh, once again, the Pharisees are like, this is, this is out. There's just no way. The idea that one person would do it, but that all three of these people, and there would be nobody that would come. For the Pharisees, this would be nuts. This would be wacky. What's Jesus getting at? Let me just get to the point. Here's the big idea. Because at this point, the Pharisees probably hadn't figured it out. But we, because we know the whole story, we can figure it out. We can connect the dots. 
You see, what God is saying, what Jesus is saying here, is he's offering, in essence, salvation. He's offering, he's preparing a meal, let me tell you. He's preparing a meal that where we're going to get together one day with all the saints who have ever lived, and it's going to be wonderful. We're going to celebrate the life, death, burial, resurrection of our Lord. We're going to celebrate the fact that we're all with him together. It's going to be a great banquet, a wonderful meal together. Oh, it's going to happen. And Jesus is pointing to that fact. And he's saying right now, I'm inviting everyone to come. Come, come. And there's some that are rejecting. And he's trying to help the Pharisees see, you're the ones that are rejecting. He's trying to get the Pharisees to see that that those uh, uh, that, that you're thinking of right now, you would never do this as a Pharisee. You would never not go to a party if you said you were going to go. You'd never do that. But that's exactly what you're doing with my kingdom, Jesus is saying. He's, not, he's saying it through the story. You get it? I mean, that's what Jesus is the point he's trying to make. But then look at verse 21. The servant came back and reported this to his master. He reported it. All these people, they, they won't come. Then the owner of the house became angry, a righteous anger, and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town. That's important, the town. And bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Now, this isn't the first time Jesus talked about this. A little bit earlier in the story, he said the exact same thing and the same idea. When you're having a meal, don't just always invite all your friends and all those, uh, your relatives, all those that can always treat you uh, just as good back, but invite the poor, invite the lame, invite those. And so Jesus says, go into the town and bring them in. You see, you're going to have to bring them in. Why are you going to have to bring them in? Because they're not going to want to come automatically because they... They've never been to CeCe's Pizza. They've never been to the buffet. They've never been to one of these meals. The average person living at this point would have never been to a meal like this. Maybe a wedding celebration would be the closest thing. And these are poor. In essence, these are the riffraff of the town. And the master says, go get them then. Anyone, let's, let's just invite them all. Come, come. And they wouldn't come. Why? I'll tell you why. It's because they knew they couldn't reciprocate. They knew that if they were invited over, the culture would say, then I need to invite these people over to my house to have a meal. And I can't do that. I can't afford to do that. And what does the master say? Oh, no, come. Come. It's not dependent. I want those people in the town to know my invitation is not dependent on what they can do back for me. My invitation going out, inviting them to come to the meal, isn't anything to do with what they do other than just come to me. Do you get the connection right now? Do you see why my heart is leaping on the inside right now? Because that's what Jesus is saying to all of us. It's the invitation to his kingdom, the invitation to his meal, to his banquet, to salvation has nothing to do with us. You will never be good enough to deserve salvation. You'll never be able to repay Christ for dying on the cross for you, taking the sins of your life and and dying on the cross. You'll never be able to repay him. But the good news is he doesn't ask us to. And we freely, by, through his grace, we receive salvation, right? We receive entrance into his kingdom as we put our faith in him and and, and accept his invitation. And Jesus says, uh, uh, the master said, go into the town, get those people. But that wasn't the end. Look at it. Verse uh, 22, sir, 
the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, go out into the roads and county, uh, country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. <laughs> you think about the greatest meal you've ever eaten. That's exactly what Jesus is in this parable is inviting people to do. And, and because th- those that were invited, those that should have known, those who uh, were supposedly looking for the Messiah, and when the Messiah showed up, they didn't accept him. Those that were invited pushed him away. And so Jesus says, go to the town. Those that you, you Pharisees, you wouldn't even have interaction with. Bring them. And then he says, go out into the highways and the byways. And the idea is make them come in. Compel them to come in. It's not so much get them in a headlock and a headlock and drag them to church. It wasn't so much that. It was more, don't take no for an answer. Don't let them say no. Because they've got to come to the banquet. They've got to come. We want them to come and be a part. Compel them. Bring them. Guys, you you get the the correlation here, but let me just connect it a little further. Our call isn't just to go to heaven. Our call isn't just to make it to heaven. Our call is to bring as many with us as possible. And I want to be clear. It's interesting. He says those outside of the town. Basically what Jesus is saying is not just those who are Jews, but um, those that are outside of the Jewish religion as well. All people all socioeconomic regions and areas, all skin colors. Isn't it wonderful in the book of Revelation it says that every tribe, every tongue, every nation is going to be gathered around the throne worshiping with the angels. How amazing that's going to be. And Jesus is making this clear. The invitation is to us all. And Jesus, Jesus through this parable is making that so clear so that my house may be full. God is calling us how are we doing at that? Who is it that you're, you're, you're just like, I know that God has allowed this person to be in my life so that I can not only live the life of Christianity and a Christ-filled life in front of them, but I can also share the love of Christ with them when God opens that door. Every single one of us ought to have somebody that we're praying for on a regular basis praying for them to come to salvation, praying for them, doing, praying, asking God to prepare their heart to receive the gospel, asking God to anoint us and use every open door to share the love of Christ. But then I want you to see something. Sad, but it's verse 24. I tell you, not one of these, those men who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. So Jesus is telling the story, and they're all like, uh, I mean, remember, the Pharisees would have been like, this is nuts. Someone invited to a party, not going. Someone invited to a meal, not going. This just wouldn't happen. It's just, you just don't do that. But suddenly Jesus says, I tell you. And he's no longer telling a story. He's speaking right into the life of every one of those Pharisees. He says, I tell you, not one of these, those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Oh, they had the opportunity. They had every opportunity to come to this banquet. But not one of them is going to come. Not one of them is going to be there. Because their hearts are so full of pride. You see, Jesus was going for the heart. He, and he, today, I just want you to know this. He's going for your heart. And he's going for my heart. Bottom line is, 
we will be excluded. I will be excluded from that heavenly banquet if I don't in, in, uh, if I don't give in to his invitation, if I don't give my life to him, if I don't accept his invitation to that meal. So how do we respond to this today? What do we do now? Because it's one thing uh, to, for me to be praying throughout the week and to prepare a message like this. It's a whole other thing for us to be responding to the word. So the question is, how are you going to respond today? Because there is going to be a great banquet. And the meal is set before us. The meal of fruitfulness. The meal of a life of forgiveness. Every one of us were created to serve God. Every one of us were. But some of us choose not to. And I'm telling you, you can try to fill that void of God in your life with a lot of other things. And really a lot of other gods. But you will never experience the peace and the joy and the contentment in life until you invite Jesus Christ to come and fill that void. And then John chapter 10, verse 10 says that's when we can have life and life to its fullest, more abundantly. And that's where the gospel is very clear that the only way to get to God and have Him come is through, is through repentance. Is to say, I'm a sinner. I need Jesus. And I need Him to forgive me. I don't want anyone watching or anyone in this parking lot today to leave this place without a clear understanding that it's not about your outside actions. Oh, there will be actions. And you remember, I think it's in Luke chapter 6, Jesus says, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. And so what he's saying is what's in your heart is going to come out in your actions, your mouth, whatever. It's going to happen. So if Jesus is on the inside, it's going to come out. Acts 2.42, remember? I mean, it's kind of the whole goal of what we're, we're trying to accomplish here at Pathway. It's to build you into to be disciples that, that are committed you're, you're devoted, you've devoted yourself to the apostles' doctrine, to gospel, to the, the word of God, to prayer, to fellowship with one another. And the breaking of bread, communion, the cross, everything that that stands for. You committed yourself to those things. You devoted yourself to those things. That's what, where's your heart today? And if your heart's not right with God, I call you to repentance. I call you to salvation. Give your life to Christ. And for every believer here today, I hope that as we hear this story of the challenge that Jesus put forward, the invitation, bring them in, compel them to come in. This week, let's let it be with just a fresh fire and anointing of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel with somebody. Yes, let's live it out. Let's live it out. But understand that there's going to come a time where you've got to speak it, where you've got to say it. And you've got to share the love of Christ. This is what it means. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there's only one way that we can get to God, and that's through accepting what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross and receiving the invitation to the meal. I want to pray over you. Worship team, would you come? The rest of you, would you just pray with me right now?